Uh, we're in Psalm 103. And, and I find it fascinating, if you'd, if you'd put that verse up there, please. It talked about bless the Lord or kneeling to the Lord in surrender, in submission, in honor, in obedience, in recognizing that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, and we submit our soul, our very eternal being, we, and, we, and we submit everything that's in us, our mind, our heart, our, our attitudes, our character, our conduct, everything that comprises who we are, we kneel before the Lord. And I, and I love where he says, don't forget his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquity and who heals all your diseases. Isn't it interesting that, that the psalmist David, in, in listing all of the blessings and all the benefits that, that there are in serving the Lord, he says number one is he pardons and heals our spiritual being. The second is who heals our, all of our diseases. Notice he didn't say who bestows physical blessings upon us or, or gives us abundance or anything else. The very top two on his list, his hierarchy of benefits from the Lord is number one, he secures my soul. Number two, he takes care of this body. Isn't that amazing? I want to talk to you a, a little bit about healing. Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Healed. Isn't that a, a, a fascinating concept? Now, you say, well, uh, medicine takes care of a lot of things, and I would, I'm just going to submit to you that all healing, whether it's divine, through nature, through medicine, through the hand of a doctor, all healing comes from God. You say, well, um, I take a medicine and it lowers my blood pressure. That's great. Who created that medicine? Well, you say, well, uh, a chemist did. Well, where did he get the ingredients? When you come down to it, everything that we have, whether it's through human ingenuity or not, it's all from God. He created all things. And I believe he delights in the fact that, that we can create things. You know what, what's amazing is, is a lot of times with, with uh, science, and I love science, uh, yeah, but with science, there's a lot of things that we can do. We can do an experiment, and we can say, if you put salt on a snail, he's going to melt. Any boy that I know has put salt on a snail. Am I the only one? Did you feel remorse? Not a minute. But, and you say, well, you know it does it, but you don't know how it does it. There's a lot of things about medicine that when you finally get down to it and break it down, we know that if you do this, 
it will have this result. But we don't know why it does and has that result. We just know that it does. Isn't that amazing? And the only one that really does know is God. Because he is the creator of all things. The word healing in the scripture has, has a twofold meaning. One, for healing the body, physical healing. Another, for restoration. And, and a lot of times when you, when you look at that, that verse, or you look at that word in scripture, it can mean physical healing, it can mean restoration. Restoration of the body, restoration of the mind, restoration of the soul. Job received physical healing and he was also healed in the fact that God restored everything that he lost. When you look in the, in the Old Testament, uh, after the law was given, you see examples of times where people were healed miraculously, and you see times where God restores over time. You go to the New Testament and you see Christ bringing healing to the masses. You look in the book of Acts and beyond, you see the followers of Christ, the disciples praying and, and seeing people healed and, and, and life being restored. But the reality is, when it's all said and done, God alone brings healing. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We serve a God that heals. And in regards to humanity, it is physical healing, it is spiritual healing, it's emotional healing. God heals every aspect of the human condition. You say, well, he just heals the human body. No, he can restore the mind. He can restore the spirit. He can restore everything in you. If you remember when, when David, prior to him being king, he had been anointed king by the prophet, and, and he, he found himself at a place where he was fighting against God's people. And when he went back to his camp at a place called Aziklag, he had found that, that the Philistines had taken his family, his valuables, everything, and all the families of the men that were with him. And he was down. He was despondent. He was distraught. The men that were with him were wanting to pick up stones and, and throw them at it and kill him because they were doubting his leadership. It was one of the lowest points in David's life. Though he was anointed king, and yet the scripture says that David did something amazing. He put on the ephod or the garment of praise and began to praise the Lord, and the Lord restored his soul. Gave him a spirit to say, Lord, can I go after and get everything back? And the Lord said, yes, and David went. See, God not only can restore the physical body, God can restore the emotions. God can restore a broken spirit. God can restore us 
into a right relationship with him. The Bible, or not the Bible, rather, but the, uh, the Alliance, Christian and Missionary Alliance, has four cornerstones. Christ, our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Healer, and our coming King. Our Savior we talked about. Sanctifier is that ongoing process of allowing the, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform your life. It, and it starts from the time you become a Christian and it will end when you're glorified, when he returns. But healing, healing is for today. Healing of your body, healing of, of your mind, healing of your spirit, all of those things are for today. The Bible talks about Naaman going to the prophet. He had leprosy, which there is no cure. And yet the prophet said, if you go dip yourself seven times in that muddy river right over there, you're going to be healed. And Naaman didn't want to do it. And isn't that part of the human nature? That if God asked us to do something amazing, we would attempt it. Naaman didn't want to go humiliate himself and dip himself in the Jordan River because it was beneath him. It was too insignificant. It was just something that's so not him. After all, he was a commander. If, 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 the, if the prophet would have said, go conquer a nation, he would have went and conquered a nation. If the, he would have said, take that city, he would have taken that city. But yet, the prophet just said, go dip yourself seven times, not five, not six, seven times in that river, in that muddy Jordan River, and you'll receive what you want. And it was his servant that had to speak to him and say, Lord, if he would have said to do something great, you would have done it. Why aren't you doing something simple? And when he became obedient, it wasn't the first time that he dunked. Can you imagine what he felt like? Goes into the water in his mind, he's thinking, God, this is so beneath me. Dips himself, comes back up. It's still there. Dips himself again, comes back up. He's thinking, two. Still there. I wonder if he got to the place around the fourth or fifth time that he thought, I don't think this is going to work. But there was something in him that said, all right, he said seven times, I'm going to do it seven times. And when he was obedient in this very simple task, the Lord healed him. And you say, wow, he didn't have to do anything amazing. Scripture tells us, hey, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and, 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 and they will anoint them with oil. Oil. You know, I have a little bottle of olive oil and it's just like, 
oil. What's that going to do? Putting it on your forehead besides making it glisten. But it's simplistic. It's simple. And the Lord didn't say, if there's any sick among you, you need to go conquer a nation. You need to go write a book. You need to go do something magnificent. He just said, if there's somebody that's sick among you, let him humble himself or herself and come before the elders and say, I'm sick. I need you to put some oil on me and I need you to pray for me and the prayer of faith will raise the sick. Isn't it amazing that God allows us to do what the world would consider foolish things to do and perform amazing feats. It's never about us. It's always about him. And you say, well, why, why do we take communion? On the outside, people think, oh, that's just weird. But for those of us on the inside, it's the power. We know why we take communion. And when we're sick... Why do we have people pray for us? It's because we know that Scripture says if we're simply obedient, then God will do the rest. It's not about us. It's not about us receiving glory. It's always about us looking a little foolish Mixing it with faith and having God receive the glory. Isn't that incredible? One other thing, I'm going to ask our praise team to come back up. Now that's two weeks in a row. I have two, two sets of notes we'll get to eventually. Isn't it amazing that in healing... Scripture says in, in, in the book of Acts that the, that the apostles couldn't get to everybody. They could, there were so many people that were sick that they couldn't get to everybody. So they, they concocted this idea, and I don't know where it came from. The Scripture doesn't say where it come, came from. Maybe the Lord inspired one of them. We don't know. But what they were doing, they were taking uh, pieces of cloth, handkerchiefs, and, and they were praying over them, and, and the apostle Paul was praying over them. And they would take the handkerchief that was prayed for, and they would take it to the person that was sick and they would say, this was prayed for and let's pray. And when they prayed, the person was healed. Isn't that incredible? You say, how does that happen? Well, number one, we have to be obedient. We have to get to the place that we're not fearful of looking silly. We have to trust in the Lord. And let him do the work. I'm going to ask your praise team if they'd play something. I know that there are needs in our congregation that need a hand of God, that need the Lord to touch. We have Jeanette that is suffering. She can't be here today because she is too sick to be here. 
But I wonder, just wonder, is there one person that's here right now that will say, I will come and I will stand in her stead and I will pray as if that was Jeanette standing here. I wonder if there's one person right now that would just rise and walk down here and say, for Jeanette, come on down. Come on down. My wife has macular degeneration. Every four to six weeks, she goes and physically gets a shot in her eyes. I wonder if there's somebody here that would stand in for her and say, Lord, bring healing. Please come. What other needs are there here today that you know about that you say, Lord, it's me that's in need or it's my brother or sister that's in need, but they need a touch of God. If you're here today and you want to see your family saved, you, you need... You need a healing, maybe a physical healing or an emotional healing or, or a healing of your spirit. If you're here today and you're willing to say, God, I am all in. I don't know about walking down to the front. I don't know if there's something magical about that, but I know that there wasn't anything magical about dipping in the, in the Jordan River. But I do know this, that a lot of times when we're obedient, God acts on our obedience. And I want to invite you as a church, if you have a need, if you know of a need, please come. I'm going to ask our elders to come and to pray with us and to bless us.